Welcome to All Sides Weekend, Chefs in the City. I'm your host, Anna Staver. There are so many ways to celebrate Valentine's Day besides that traditional dinner at a restaurant. From Galentine's with your girlfriends, takeout, cooking a meal at home, or even white linen table service at White Castle. The casual sit-down restaurant Roosters even has a new twist on takeout. They'll deliver a bouquet of boneless wings to the love of your life. And yes, the box is shaped like you're receiving flowers. We're talking about all the ways to celebrate Valentine's Day this hour with cooking teachers, restaurant reviewers, and WOSU restaurant bloggers, Rich Terrapack Sr. Welcome back. Good morning, Anna. And Steve Stover. Welcome back. Good morning. And we want to hear from you this hour, too. What's your favorite restaurant for dining in or taking out? Give us a call at 614-292-8513 or shoot us an email at allsides at wosu.org. So let's start with takeout. It seems like a good compromise for couples that don't want the chaos of trying to book a babysitter, find a restaurant, go out, but they don't want to cook their own dinners. And I think most restaurants, even the most exclusive, now offer takeout, thanks in large part to the pandemic. Pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my first question is, the number one rule for dining out on Valentine's Day is reservations, reservations, (laughs) reservations. Now. Yes. Almost too late. Yeah. Yeah. But for takeout, do we have to reserve takeout too? Not in Columbus. In some cities, they do it. But uh, and I'm not sure it's a good idea because what could go wrong if you call a week ahead? And I like to know when the food's going to be ready specifically, and I like to be there a little early, particularly when they're busy. I we a lot of our favorite takeout places are extremely busy, so some of them require, uh, particularly if it's a larger order, require 24 hours, and that's that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. And and generally, you're right. We want to pick it up at 5 o'clock or whatever. But I usually call down. and reconfirm in those instances. And you might want to call earlier than normal, right? Like if you want to have takeout yeah. ready at 7, you might want to call at 4.30 on the day of because Valentine's Day could be particularly Absolutely. busy. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. All right, so now that we, ha- we know that we're going to be calling like two or three hours ahead of time, um, what do you recommend? First, let's start with, like, what types of food tend to travel best? Because there, there are some things that, like, I don't know, takeout doesn't translate. French fries don't travel Not at all. Not French fries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, I guess I think Italian is pretty easy to do, uh, particularly if it's a pasta dish. Uh, it can be reheated pretty easily, if, uh, and, and, you know, it's, it, it, it doesn't go bad. Uh, sushi, of course. Uh, yeah, Asian in general, and also things that are sort of not cooked a la minute, like a, bra- a braise, it's like a stew or something like that, although that's not something you commonly find for takeout. But think about it before you call and think about, well, how long will it take it to get here so that I can present it with my tablecloth and everything yeah, some yeah. pour the wine yeah, and maybe things that reheat well. Yeah, yeah. I had some. I saw that like Ruth Chris and like other steakhouses do takeout, and I was really hesitant about getting a steak takeout. I a lot of my friends do. Yeah, it's it's 
it'll that, hold. It'll hold somewhat, and it's if not you don't bad. have to have it piping hot. If, if it's not, it's not bad at room temperature. Be careful if you try to microwave it to heat it. Oh, up. that'll ruin it. It'll absolutely ruin it. Uh, and it, it, 15, 30 seconds, and it's it's gone. And the question is, if you're going to have to reheat, do you reheat low and slow or just fast? If you just want to get it, bring it up from. If it's room, room temperature, temperature, I do fast and do it in a very hot, probably a cast iron skillet. And I think you can also just get a nice loaf of bread from like a Whole Foods or a Littleton Market, and then put that in the oven so you have like fresh hot bread to go with mm-hmm. whatever you're taking. Gotta out. have that for the grandkids. Oh yeah, my my kids fill up yeah. on bread. It's... Oh absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but so now that we kind of have a sense of like what might work and what doesn't. I don't think fried food does well. No, no it doesn't. No. It gets like soggy, right? Particularly fish. Yeah, that would, no, <laughs> yeah, I don't think good. that's a good yeah. idea. Mm-mm. So what would be a go-to takeout for you? What What would make a nice Valentine's takeout? For me, uh, again, I think I'd probably head toward it, uh, Italian because it, you know, it travels well. Um, a, a, a good hunk of lasagna. Uh, that's a you, good one. You could, uh, you could have... You know, a loaf of bread. You can do the simple salad at home, and so all you're doing is picking up one item. Um, and and uh, yeah, we've done that several times, and it's. And it's we generally tend to do things that are relatively close to home in the northwest part of town: Lupo, La Tavola, Moretti's, and even the refectory. I mean, during the pandemic, we did some of those for special occasions. I, and we do in the in the Italian vein of things. We do the Giuseppe's and Scallies on, on, the, the, east on the east side. Yeah, and, and if you want to go Chinese, Belly Lee's is fine. Unfortunately, Hunan Lion is temporarily closed. They had a fire, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But, uh, we like uh, uh, Nicola's on Reed Road. They also have a great happy hour, but I don't think they do happy hour to go. I was thinking that hey, you're probably not going to find a happy hour on Valentine's no. Day. Maybe the day before or the day after, which is pr- just and fine. And that's a good point. You don't have to do Valentine's right. Day on one day. Some things I read said 51% of people do Valentine's Day or go when they're going out on Valentine's Day. Some will do Friday the 15th. And but you can do it any Valentine's Day is any time it is. Yeah, Valentine's week. Yeah, yeah. Especially like I mean, you could be tired from work. The kids have school, after school activities, all kinds of things going on. Sometimes like weeknight. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes weeknight date nights are tricky. And it's really crowded on that one day. Oh my goodness! And so it's often better. You have a better experience. One of the things I want I like to do is I like to sit across from my wife. And I'd like for the restaurant not to be too noisy. And I'd like to uh, have a quiet, sort of a quiet environment. So I don't like sitting at a bar Mm -hmm. for something like a romantic dinner because. It's not as, yeah. Yeah. It's It's good. good for like casual, like date night, but. Also, even if you can find a babysitter, they tend to charge a premium for oh. Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. So there's, there's that surcharge pricing. It's outrageous. We, we <laughs> it's paid a dollar and a quarter. And I now think. it's twenty bucks or twenty five uh, yeah. bucks an hour. It can it's, be depending on nuts. how many kids and the level of but experience. One other thought: romantic is in the eye of the beholder. Mm. Some people, you know, years ago I did this little survey, and a lot of the men wanted to go to the most expensive steakhouse, fancy schmancy. And the women preferred quieter, uh, maybe a fireplace, maybe music and things like that. That's not, but 
to each his own. Yeah, I mean, I think if you have a special place that's your place, maybe where you guys went for a first date, that doesn't have to be the most expensive restaurant, but it could be Probably the most wasn't. meaningful. <laughs> you don't invest <laughs> yeah. that much in the first day. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you could go back to a place that's sentimental instead right. of, like, no. expensive. Yeah. Um, White Castle doesn't count, though, I don't think. I am fascinated by that, and we'll definitely get to that in the restaurants, but, like, the idea of fine dining at White Castle they is did. It's, it's white fascinating. Table yeah, I know. <laughs> Our son took his now wife twice two years in a row to white castle in nashville and she still married them <laughs> and now even white waffle house has white yeah, table. yeah. <laughs> i find that i'm sorry i think that would be so much fun with kids like i think my kids would get such yeah. a kick out of like white tablecloths at waffle house yeah but you know speaking of kids some like low-key takeaway stuff is those heart-shaped pizzas so like donato's does its heart-shaped pizza. Um, they have that fun slogan that the pizza won't break your heart. Um, Flyers Pizza, again, I think is doing their heart-shaped pizzas. And those are just, I mean, it's gimmicky, but it's fun and it's cute and the kids get a kick out of it. Yeah, I think it's perfect for the kids, yeah. And yeah. if you want to just do something on Valentine's Day and go out another time, that's an ideal solution. Oh, yeah. And a the lot of the pizza, pizza places are doing heart, heart-shaped. Now, the question is, will they be heart-shaped cutting their pepperoni? Uh, that would no, really kick it up a notch. That would. It would take a, a, an unusual machine to do that. <laughs> you could probably do it with a cookie cutter. You could. If I was feeling ambitious. <laughs> they have all those like fun vegetable cutters. So sometimes I do that for my kids. Uh-huh. Like you can make like flower cucumbers sure. or like heart shaped carrots and that kind of thing. Yeah. The, the, if. If anybody I'm rolling has my do, eyes. <laughs> it's really cute. And like the little ones get a kick yeah. out of it. Oh, yeah. We could check with. Uh, is it. Izos, right? The the pepperoni place. One on of the, the great pepperoni country, yeah. Uh, yeah. places in the country. Yeah. There's also some options for folks uh, who are celebrating with friends. So I guess what we call Galentine's Day. Uh, you had uh, some options. Um, one is what is? Oh, there's yeah, a Galentine's Day party. Yep. Yeah. At the Exchange at Bridge Park. Uh, which I think is really interesting. So um, according to my notes here, because I wouldn't have known this otherwise, it's a Cameron Mitchell premiere event space. So mm-hmm. sounds like it'll be a pretty nice space. And it's only $10 a ticket. It is a nice yeah. space, yeah. yeah. That's, not, that's not a bad no, price. Probably, no. And the whole idea of Galentine's, I thought, was ladies who weren't otherwise celebrating it going out on the 13th just to party. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Um, there's also a Galentine's paint and sit party at the Iridescent Soul Center on Indianola Avenue. And it's kind of, I think it's a neat idea. I mean, you could even celebrate Galentine's if you're married. You could go out with your girlfriends on a different day. Mm-hmm. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, we get our daughters, you know, flowers and Valentine's. And it's not romantic love, but I think love comes in all kinds of yeah. shapes and forms and relationships. No, I think that you know. I think this is a, a great idea, and it also saves on babysitting because it... he's home with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Anna. Yeah. Do you have any other restaurant takeout recommendations? I think that sort of that's you know, my I, list. I think I, I mentioned oh. uh, dessert takeout. Dessert takeout, oh, pastasia vera. Yeah, pastasia vera. Yeah, well, they're that's very what we good. We did this weekend. My wife's birthday is coming up, and. We got some croissants, and there, it's a dessert boutique in German Village that has wor- a world class case, world class 
they have a pistachio little like Our tart thing. Yeah. That that is yeah. so good. We got one of those. Yeah. The other thing you can get from there if you want to have a Valentine's brunch is get their quiche. Mm. It's one of the best around. Well, we had a, a friend brought us a quiche, and we actually immediately had a happy or a, a brunch because quiche and fruit you don't need anything else yeah yeah and, no uh, you guys recommend it is it. a national treasure um spencer Boudros was nominated for a james beard a couple of years ago yeah. you guys recommended mozart's i think a couple of weeks ago yeah, months ago yes delicious yeah. they do have fantastic desserts they would do. definitely recommend them for a a dessert that you probably can't cook yourself right it's very european mm-hmm. yeah very european I, I also think it's one of those, like, when you talk about pistachio vera and Mozart's in these places, it's the presentation for me. Yeah. Right? It's so precise. It's so neat and perfect. And it just has that very, I don't know, patisserie feel. Yeah. I don't know what the right word is. Well, it's, you know, it's the old you eat with your eyes first. Yes. Oh. That's the reason plates should look good. Uh, yeah, it'll so, be visually stunning. Yeah, exactly. That would even be a good idea to have your wonderful dessert on Valentine's Day on the 14th and go out another time. Yeah. Oh, that could be fun, for sure. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're talking about recipes you can cook at home. That's when All Sides Weekend continues on 89.7 NPR News. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. This is All Sides Weekend, Chefs in the City. I'm your host, Anna Staver. We're talking about Valentine's Day and all the ways you can celebrate with food. It's the second busiest day for the restaurant industry, and even locations with impeccable service are stressed. Diners can feel rushed. Babysitters, if you can find one, can be extra expensive. So we wanted to offer some suggestions for deceptively easy meals you can make at home. Still with us are longtime cooking teachers, restaurant reviewers, and WOSU restaurant bloggers Rich Tarapak Sr. and Steve Stover, who have some special recipes to share. All the recipes are going to be on our website, wosu.org slash allsides. So if one sounds really good to you, you can hop online. So Steve, one of the recipes you wanted to share was roasted chicken... Provencal? Provencal, yes. One of our all-time favorite recipes because it is delicious and it's easy to make. Basically, in 30 seconds, you chop up some uh, lemon and some shallots and put them in a pan, uh, salt, pepper, and dust with flour, some chicken thighs, skin, bone-in, skin on. Yes. And you don't have to brown it. Hmm. And then I add about a half a cup of vermouth and then pop it into a 400-degree oven, basting twice. It comes out with a perfectly crispy Lots skin. Lots of herb de Provence on top. Yeah. Oh, herb, that's the whole point. It's, yeah. Yeah, and then um, at the end, 
you take it out and you can serve it just like that. You don't even really need a side or you could use rice, but it soaks up all the good sauce. Mm. Something yeah, to add? And you wanted uh, you wanted some other recipes, and I thought it's we don't cook enough fish, particularly here in the Midwest, and there's because we think it's intimidating. And there are some really easy and wonderful fish dishes. One of our favorites is is a, a cherry tomatoes that are tossed with a, a red wine vinaigrette, uh, also adding some shallots and garlic in that, and you you put them in a four hundred degree oven. Let them welt, and then when they look puckered, take them out. It's about 15 minutes. Take them out, push them around, and put in six-ounce pieces of halibut, for instance, or cod. goes back in the oven for another 12 minutes, and it's done. And it you serve it with that's the, pretty simple. Yeah, you serve it with the tomatoes over the top of it. It's probably it, it sounds like it presents pretty. It does present, and it's red and white. Valentine's colors. colors. Oh, uh, oh, there well, you go. There, there you go. The <laughs> but, other, the other one that's dreadfully easy and and dreadfully uh, caloric is is the uh, fusilli with sausage and cream. It's an old. Yeah, that's going to be heavy, but yeah, good. Yeah, and you could do that as a first course to the fish course. Uh, it's it, essentially you're cooking uh, it's mild Italian sausage without chop, the casing. Yeah, just mm. chop it up into little. Yeah, it's. You can just get ground sausage too yeah, from right. like. The deli mm-hmm. counter. Yeah, sure. exactly. Uh, Breakfast uh, uh, Yeah. Just salt and pepper. Right. And you brown that. You throw in a, in a couple cups of cream. You reduce that by a lot. You boil the noodles. You eventually toss the noodles into the cream and, and sausage. Serve it with a little parm on top. And it's... it's Unctuous. Yeah. We, Yummy. We have a call from Anita in Columbus who wants to share some of her uh, Valentine's Day traditions. Great. Welcome. Hey, hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, we would just, uh, instead of making it sort of go out and buy flowers and chocolates and stuff, I mean, we would get some of that stuff, but we, like you, not just with our daughter, Anna, um, would share it with each other, share Valentine's with each other, so it was kind of more of a family thing and versus a romantic thing. And, you know, it was making sweets for each other, whether it was our ethnic sweets or you know, with my daughter and my son, I'll, I um, I got like heart-shaped uh, cookie baking pan, a cookie pan to make heart-shaped cookies and cake in. And so I would make that or I would let them stamp out heart-shaped cookies. Um, just making it fun, maybe decorating cookies, even with lots of icing, which they love. And, <laughs> and <laughs> What could go stuff. wrong? Right. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was. It's. I just wanted to sort of jump on the bandwagon of yeah. It's not just, um, you know, it's not just a romantic thing. It can it can be for families also, and it it doesn't have to be too commercial. You can add food and, you know, use vegetables to make hearts. Write a little love note to your kids at school. That's what I do anyway. So, there you go. So, <laughs> sounds good. Anita, oh, no, good. It sounds like we celebrate in much the same way. Actually, one year. Uh, my husband worked with our daughters to make me chocolate truffles. So rather than buying a box of candy, he made them with the girls. It was the sweetest thing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was really sentimental, too, because they made them. Yeah. He's super Great memory for them. They'll probably do it themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope so. Um, so I am the baker in our family, and I wanted to recommend cheesecake for your Valentine's Day dessert. And this is one of those recipes that I think people avoid because they're concerned about getting the texture right. 
And, you know, because cheesecake, it's creamy, it's rich, and most importantly, it's smooth. Chunky cheesecake is just, <laughs> it is not what you want Sweet in your life. Sweet cottage cheese. No. <laughs> So I I say preparing cheesecake is actually really simple. It's the baking part where people tend to trip. But my one piece of assembly advice is make sure all your ingredients are room temperature. And I'm sure you guys agree. With baking, you don't want to try to cream cold eggs with cold cream cheese. It's going to go lumpy. Yeah. I think that's the biggest mistake people make. So let everything get to, like, set it out a couple hours before, set it out the night before. It's going to be fine on the counter. I promise it's not going to go bad. In Europe, they don't refrigerate eggs. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the, so that's the thing. So make sure it's all nice and warm and room temperature. And then when it comes to baking, my number one tip is a water bath. And this sounds a little weird. So you want to get a roasting pan or a cookie sheet. With Rimmed like a, cookie sheet. Yes, raised edge. And you're going to pour hot water in it. And you're going to slide it into the oven. You're going to preheat that oven. You're going to slide that in. And then you're going to put the cheesecake pan on top, like in the water. And if you have a spring form pan, you want to wrap that with tin foil so the water doesn't leak into the cheesecake. <laughs> That'll ruin it in its whole other way. But um, what the water does is it steams. So, like, don't also don't open the oven while this is cooking. It's more of a look in, not an open the oven and peer in. And that steam makes the cheesecake rise more evenly, so you're less likely to get cracking. It also helps it cool, so you're less likely to get that concave sinking. And the other big tip I have is when the cheesecake is done, and it should kind of wobble in the center, but turn the oven off. Open the door, but let it cool in the oven for an hour before you take That's it a great out. Tip. I it sounds like a long time, but the sudden temperature change is what causes cracking. So if you let it cool in the oven for an hour, then let it cool down on the counter, then put it in the fridge, which is hard. I know you just bake cheesecake, but you got to wait like overnight to eat it. Yeah. It is a great bake ahead, though. What do, what do you use as a crust? Uh, I tend to use a graham cracker crust, uh-huh. more traditional. Yeah, for sure. Ginger yes. snaps or graham cracker. Uh, my kids like Oreo cookies crumbled. Oh, yeah. That's so a good one doesn't? if you're doing a chocolate <laughs> cheesecake. I will say, though, um, you do have to pre-bake the, the crust a little bit in the pan. And my advice is not to push down too hard. Mm-hmm. You kind of just, like, you gently press it into shape. If yeah. you, like, smash it into shape. It doesn't shape, have to be perfect. <laughs> it also it also can make it too hard and too stiff. Yeah. Although. I agree. Then, then, then it's difficult to cut. Yeah. And there are a lot of things that are better made a day ahead. A braise or soups. And so it should be no surprise that it's worth the wait. It and that is. technique of what's called, I think in French, a bain-marie, mm-hmm. uh, putting it in a shallow pan of water, uh, is used for flans, it's, it's used for custards, it's used mm-hmm. for souffles, it's, it's critical it's to flourless have. Flourless chocolate cakes. It's critical to have moisture. It is. It's really good for lots of kinds of baking. Uh, I will also say, if you still get cracks or brown spots, like you can tent it with tin foil if it starts to brown, um, fresh fruit can be your friend. It will hide <laughs> a multitude of sins on top of your cheesecake. I like to macerate, which means it's a fancy word for putting like sugar on strawberries. Yeah. So I'll macerate some strawberries or some raspberries, and then you just decorate the top, and it looks all pretty, and no one knows that there's a crack in it. Uh, and, uh, and blueberries. Yeah. With, with oh, a, blueberry with, cheesecake, with a, for with sure. With a little glaze on top of that makes it shine and makes mm-hmm. it pretty. You could also drizzle it with chocolate. Mm-hmm. Chocolate cheesecake is nothing, delicious. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Or chocolate sauce on cheesecake. Or Under. fresh whipped cream. There's lots of ways to hide the uh-oh. Yeah, sure. And we've used them all. <laughs> I, I just I think cheesecake is just a finicky bake. It's a really easy prep. 
And people will be really impressed, I think. If you do it right, it's delicious. Yeah. And when you think about it, it's almost the same thing that happens to a pumpkin pie. If, yeah. If you overcook it and cool it too fast, it cracks. So those are tips. Yeah. And if you have a favorite Valentine's recipe or just something that you really love to cook, you can give us a call at 614-292-8513. Uh, Rich, you had an apple galette which I love because it's a pie, but you don't need the pie pan. Right. Uh, and it's simple uh, if you cheat a little bit. And the critical part of cheating is buying the puff pastry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that does make it a lot easier. It does because it's it's very difficult to get the, the butter incorporated into the flour in just the right way for, to make your own puff pastry. We've done it, but we've done it, it I've, forever. I've made croissants. It is a pain in the patootie. It is. Which is a word I can say on air. It's <laughs> a good term. The uh, Pepperidge Farm. Makes, a, makes uh, probably one of the best, and uh, our good baking friends use it frequently. The uh, Giant Eagle has a product that comes uh, in a roll, and it's, uh, it's larger and square and sometimes easier to use. The rest of it is just slicing apples, probably something semi-bitter like a, a, a Granny Smith, perhaps. Uh, you've got an apricot glaze in there. But you, 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 you. Oh, that's funky. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then you um, uh, essentially you just line them up like uh, uh, shingles, I guess, <laughs> back and forth and, and attractively, and then uh, bake it for not very long. You put some uh, glaze on the bottom to kind of seal the, the the dough from the juice of the apples. Sprinkle just sugar or sugar and cinnamon on top, and. Um, you're ready to go. And then I've got an adjunct. Sometimes I take some chopped pecans and oh, have a little that would be butter nice. and cinnamon. I'm sorry, butter, sugar, and cinnamon. Make just a teeny tiny sauce. Not too wet, though, because you've got a lot going on. That would add a nice and texture. And put that on at the end to sort of yeah. toast the, and, and, the nuts. Another thing you can serve, which is very easy, is uh, serve it with creme fraiche. Mm. which you can make yourself. You don't have to buy the outrageously expensive stuff at the, <laughs> at the grocery store. I use a half-and-half half recipe of sour cream and heavy cream. Although it's changed in the last 10 years. We used to, I used to have that. Now I do, a, you do, two, I do two, two to one, two, two except to one. that I sometimes have to add a little more cream. And you get this lovely, thick... And then, of course, rich sweetens his. Yeah, well, I don't always. I, I don't like that much tartness. And the, the only thing you do is put it in the jar, sit it on the counter, and let it fester then, yeah. for about five or six hours. That's our favorite cooking term. Let it, yeah, fester. <laughs> oh. that's a, it's a weird mental That's how image. it goes over in class as well. <laughs> yeah. And, Steve, you've got your own chocolatey dessert. Oh, yes. Uh, the bittersweet chocolate ganache tart. An all-time favorite uh, from our cooking classes. Sometimes I'll do a caramel sauce, but it's basically ground pecans and butter, just like you're making a graham cracker crust. And then uh, you could do bittersweet chocolate, or you could decide to could. do semi-sweet and heavy cream. Mm. And it'll just uh, it'll just set up. If you want to make it set up better, you can add some butter because that'll set up. But when it's got this beautiful sheen. Don't put it in the refrigerator because it'll get cloudy. Oh. And, um, Steve, tell them about Mary's favorite uh, saw, chocolate sauce. Oh, her famous chocolates? Se yeah. yeah Semi-sweet and, yeah. and butter? And, and Well, no, it's got the whole th recipe, which we didn't put up, has got cocoa and semi-sweet chocolate and sugar, and you just bring it to a boil. And we usually make a gallon 
<laughs> during the holidays. Last all week. And share it. <laughs> and our kids have started to make it for their friends oh, as a, or as a hostess gift. You know, I actually like putting a teeny bit of butter in hot cocoa. Yeah. It's weird, but it actually makes it really good. You know, the, you know, the fat carries the flavor. Although I'm not convinced on this whole, have you seen the like put salt in your tea thing? Yeah. I'm not going there. Yeah. <laughs> I do curious. put it on chocolate, though. Yeah. On the chop of a brownie or something like that. Some really coarse or maldon salt. This is driving nice crazy. Thing. I put it in my uh, protein shakes. <laughs> Again, it just punches the flavor. Salt is not a herb. <laughs> it's yeah. just something to enhance the flavor. And again, I want to mention that all these recipes we've been talking about are on our website, wosu.org slash allsides. And again, if you have a favorite recipe that you want to share, you can give us a call at 614-292-8513. We're talking about all the ways to celebrate Valentine's this hour with WOSU restaurant reviewers, cooking teachers, and bloggers. You guys wear a lot of hats. Steve Stover and Rich Terrapat. Recovering attorneys as well. (laughs) (laughs) So, Rich, you also have a slightly fancier idea with this buff bourguignon. Yeah, and you know, it, it's a little more ambitious. It, it, and, and, Delicious. And, and in Ohio, we call it beef stew. Uh, the, uh, it's it's a French uh, braised beef. Uh, generally, doesn't have all the carrots and peas. Uh, the, the key issue here, and it's one that uh, it's kind of like leaving the oven door open. It's critical to to brown the beef, and this is usually chunks. Of chuck steak, large chuck, yeah, chuck roast, large chunks, and probably an inch to an inch and a half at least, mm-hmm. and brown them uh, a few at a time, five or six at a time, in 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 your big uh, Dutch oven, and like unusual. a crock pot, yeah, yeah. and Not the a crock pot, and sorry. the uh, and and do that, and, and make sure you you don't turn them until the meat gives up. In other words, don't tear it off the bottom of the pan. If, if you oh. leave it long enough, it actually browns it and creates that uh, fond. Yeah, it, it creates what becomes that crust. The, yeah, and it, and it becomes when you th- throw the red wine in uh, and and the rest of the ingredients, it becomes part of the, makes the sauce essentially. No, that sounds. Then add a bottle of wine, yeah, basically, so and some broth. One of my. So it's not as hard as it might seem. Oh, it's not hard. I hate. I just hate to. Dump that nice <laughs> bottle of wine, but one buy of my, by the box, my Steve. new my new new favorite things to do making soups and particularly braises is to add a couple of tablespoons when you've got your mirepoix, and you're you're browning that up. Throw in two or three tablespoons of tomato paste and let it caramelize, mm. and it really adds umami and an uh, unctuousness. And mirepoix to the, is a combination of butter and flour that you mash together. Oh, it's like a roux. Mm-hmm. No, the, yeah. Well, mirepoix chopped vegetables. But okay. This is a bourmonier, is what is the term yeah, for the butter, and that really I'm adds sorry, a richness to the sauce too. We have uh, Brian in Bedford, who looks like he might have a cooking tip. Welcome, Brian. Hello. Go ahead. Are you there? Sorry, I just heard you. I heard you talking about the temperature changes and stuff. What can oh, happen? Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, those Pyrex dishes can crack if they get too hot or they cool off too quickly. Oh, yeah. Definitely don't take something out of the oven and put it straight in the refrigerator. I know. Sometimes <laughs> if you leave them on the stove too long, like a red-hot stove, you forget and you get about to smack, like a snap down or a crack. Yeah, I don't put Pyrex or those things, even though I could, on onto a burner, though. I think that's too hot. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> we, Test the, we did, we did the limits with, of your Pyrex. <laughs> we did that once. A big accident. Uh, a group of us were up at Lake Erie, and we made something called pu- Pumpkin Love. Yep. And we took the Pyrex 9 by 13 out of the oven and, and put it on the top of the stove, which was an electric stove that had a glass top. And the, uh, and the uh, burner was on. And all of a sudden, we hear crack, 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 crack. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So much for the pumpkin love. <laughs> Speaking of Valentine's Day. Yeah, that'll ruin your dinner plans. Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> After a while. That was Rich Terrapack Sr. Coming up, we're talking about romantic restaurants and whether they're still taking reservations. That's when All Sides Weekend continues on 89.7 NPR News. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to All Sides Weekend, Chefs in the City. I'm your host, Anna Staber. Restaurants are going to be hopping on Valentine's Day. It's the second busiest day after Mother's Day. Open Table conducted a survey and found that the top three factors people are looking for are positive reviews, romantic ambiance, and service. But it may already be too late to make that Valentine's Day reservation. Still with us to help us figure out where we can go if we want to go out are cooking teachers, restaurant reviewers, and WOSU restaurant bloggers, Rich Terrapack Sr. and Steve Stover. So I was doing a little browsing. Now, I'm not going out on Valentine's Day. We're cooking. But I saw that Refectory, which is very lovely but expensive, is already sold out for Valentine's Day, though They did have reservation spots open for the weekend before. So I suppose that's the first tip, right? Book now. Book right now. Right now. Or right after the show finishes, go book. (laughs) Yeah, don't pick up the phone right now. Uh, Otherwise, if you're trying, if you have to go out on the 14th, you're going to be going out at at, at 4.45 or 10.30 for a reservation. And reminder again, Valentine's Day is just... A day, and you could make it the day before, and then stay home and cook in on the or get a pizza or heart shaped pizza on the fourteenth. Yeah. Some people call it amateur night because everybody goes out. Oh, all it's kind once. of it's sort of New Year's Eve ish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, if we are going to go out, and if we're maybe flexible, we can go out the weekend before, the day before, or after. What restaurants would you take somebody you were trying to impress? Oh. The ones, so many. Yeah, I know. The, I think I was looking at the east side and uh, German Village area. Um, Lindy's is a great place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, historic. It, historic. Uh, you, you like the ambience. Uh, it looks. It looks sort of Manhattanish. Uh, the uh, uh, one of the favorites on the east side has been there since 1953, and it's called the Top. 
Uh, oh. It's a steakhouse, but they do a lot of other things well. Tip, look at the bottom of the menu, order the midnight special if they have it, and you get a steak, potato, and salad for $28. Oh, my gosh. That's not bad. Uh, that's <laughs> like Because the price fix, like the set price for dinners on Valentine's Day, they can run you $130, $150, yes. $200 oh, a person. Sure. Yeah. Veritas is another one. It's, it can, has been a consistent number one in Columbus. But the in Columbus Monthly, the current number one is Commune. Which is a vegetarian vegan restaurant, great restaurant near near uh, Nationwide Children's Hospital, yeah. and it's wonderful. For our Romeo group, once I took all sixteen seventy something carnivores there, <laughs> and they absolutely loved it. Yeah. Every single one went back. Oh, uh, Bazi Italia, in uh, in uh, the Victorian Village. I like Polino's, which is a tiny place on King because it's intimate and. Uh, and the two Wonderful hottest product. places in town would be Agni, uh, uh, Barua's restaurant down on South High Street, and Horaeth from B.J. Lieberman. Both of them have been nominated for the James Beard Award. They're semifinalists for the James Beard Award for Best Chefs uh, Great Lakes. And, you know... Uh, Chapman's Eat Market is another one owned by the same guy. So the, the, here it uh, asked to be seated downstairs. Hmm. Uh, it, they have a, a, a open grill and it's it's a nice dark showtime. Uh, yeah, it's showtime. Uh, a wall of fire, yeah. wood fired cuisine. Yeah. I would say uh, up in Lewis Center, I really like Jay Gilbert's as a steakhouse. Sure. It, it's in kind of like a strip mall area. <laughs> <laughs> they it doesn't. It doesn't look like it would be as nice as it is on the inside, so I'll say that. Like, once you get inside, it's a very lovely restaurant, but it is kind of, like, in that strip mall. But, you know, I live up in Delaware, so it's kind of nice to just be able to drive to Lewis Center as opposed to drive all the way downtown. Downtown, yeah. Especially when Absolutely. you're paying that sitter by the hour. <laughs> yeah. And actually, up north of me, I like Ghost Rider Public House. Have you guys ever been? Yes. Yes. I think it's very cute. Now, that's more casual, but it is very good. They have a very nice drink menu. Yeah. And lest we forget, all of the Cameron Mitchell restaurants have Valentine's Day specials. And I'm not sure if they are for the whole week or just for Valentine's Day. And one of uh, The Guild House is one of my favorites for romantic dining because it's in a hotel. It's got soft furniture. It's quiet. One of the one of newest Club. additions is... Cento in German Village, uh, again an Italian upscale Italian place. I have walked by that place, and I keep wondering whether I should go. Yeah. So yes, apparently is the answer, <laughs> but probably not on Valentine's Day. Probably not on Valentine's Day. Maybe you just go in for dessert because it's a up upscale menu. More like date night than like maybe not take the kids. <laughs> hadn't thought oh, about the, the idea of, of happy hour instead of dinner on Valentine's Day. That you could get in easier. You would probably go at four o'clock. Stay till six, have a little bit to drink, a little bit to eat, and be home in time for Jeopardy. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> critical. The, the, uh, My kids actually really like watching Jeopardy. So uh, the, that's what we say in our cooking class. You can do all of this and get home in time for Jeopardy and Wheel. Um, the, the, uh, oh, Wheel of Fortune. What? Speaking of cooking classes. Oh, oh right. Yes, go we, right ahead. We do have a cooking class, March 12th. 12th. Uh, it's going to be a, a comfort food. Mm-hmm. Steve's oh. going to do some braised short ribs. Sort of like the beef bourguignon, and the te- I, same technique. And I do a, a, a potato, a scalloped potato rendition that includes a lot of uh, fennel and gruyere. 
uh, and a lot of cream. It's so. yummy. And you can make it ahead. Yep. Scalloped potatoes are also something that look really pretty when you slice them and you put them in the dish and you cook them. They present lovely. They are very Like heavy. Hasselback, where yeah. they, you stand them up. Our son-in-law yeah. does them. It's, it's really beautiful that way. Now, and I'm going to do- Very uh, heavy, but delicious. Very heavy. So. I'm going to do chocolate bread pudding. Oh. It is a little heavy and a little brown, but this is a new recipe that is really good. And we teach cooking at Franklin Park Conservatory, March 12th. Starts at 6, usually sells out. How do I register? You register by going to... You can come and work. <laughs> yeah, come help. No, <laughs> I just meant general. I guess I meant like how do how does our audience register for this class? by co- contacting Franklin Park Conservatory. org, and uh, we've been doing them for quite a while. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so the Rusty bus- Bucket is in what we would call a romantic restaurant, but they are offering a kids eat free on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and that's always nice, sort of acknowledging that you probably can't get a sitter at this point. So why not... Bring the kids down. It's also, again, if you want to celebrate as adults on the weekend before or the weekend after, you could take the kids out for a free meal on Wednesday night. Yeah, that's 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 great. That's a Cameron Mitchell uh, partnership. Yes, he's involved. And so tell me about White Castle and Waffle House. <laughs> for a very long time, uh, until COVID, White Castle would have a, a, a Valentine's dinner uh, you'd have wait staff. You have white tablecloths. Uh, it, it's not terribly romantic. It's a little antiseptic, but uh, it's 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 got it's the kitschy. <laughs> it's, it is. Yeah, and it's, it's and I I love the the hamburgers. Always have. I oh, think yeah. you'd make like a fun social media post. Fine dining at the White Castle. <laughs> yeah. You gotta like ham it up. Get dressed up. Like, My only problem is I'm not used to eating White Castles. At dinner time or during the day, or while it's you're usually sober after midnight. <laughs> yeah. The um, and at Waffle House, I haven't experienced Waffle House, so I I just read about it. Yeah. I haven't. I so, but uh, it, you know, it's great. It, it's it's kid, kitschy and fun. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been to a Waffle House during like normal daylight hours. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Same it was excuse. more of a like college thing in the like, yeah. early morning hours. Yeah. Like. 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. They are usually open 24 hours a day. They are. They, they are. do cater. Um, a little bit of a side note, but I thought this was really interesting. So uh, Chef Alexa Osborne of Littleton Market just mm-hmm. won Chopped. We watched. Yeah. Did you watch it? I did not it watch was it. It was four, four contestants, and they, did, they made three different dishes. They had 20 minutes to eat, do each dish. And our wonderful sh- new chef, new to Columbus, Having worked at uh, Danielle several James Beard restaurants, including Danielle and uh, I'm blanking uh, Jean Jean, Jean George, George, yeah, and um, Rich Rich has eaten at the uh, Littletons and the food's really good, but but she's really did a great job on there. So Littletons is those of us who've been there can uh, can explain is it's kind of an upscale, very nice grocery store. Not too bad on the prices, and they have a lot of um, uh, hard-to-find items, but they also have lunch and dinner. Uh, and if you go for lunch, I would order the Smash Burger. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's served on a brioche bun, and it comes with a little salad, and it's the same price as a Smash Burger or anyplace else. So give it a try. And you can eat at the bar and have a glass of wine with it if you're not going back to work. So you guys recommended that uh last month because you said they had a great fish counter and i will admit i went and i checked it out and they do have a fantastic 
fish counter. I will say it is the bougiest grocery store I have ever been to in my entire <laughs> life. Did but, you have a glass of wine while you were shopping? No, but uh, I will say if somebody is looking to do something nice for a home-cooked meal, they had an entire counter. Um, they have a refrigerator of handmade pasta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're a little pricier. I think it was like they eight bucks. Yeah. But I mean, it's homemade, handmade, fresh pasta. So that would be a way to kind of elevate maybe what you're cooking at home. But I was really surprised. So I got a Bonito. I've never had that kind of fish. They had they had sea urchin, octopus. They had all kinds of like Chris weird the fishmonger fish. is yeah. there. At the so end. he was there. And this is the craziest story. This has never happened to me. So I'm there on your recommendation. And I, I get to talking to the guy behind the counter. Turns out to be this Chris. And uh, he, I end up getting the Bonito. And he comes around the counter with his phone. And he's like, do you want to see your fish? And he shows me this video of my fish in the water being caught in California like two days prior. And he's like, really? my, my fish mong- He's like, my fish guy showed me this. And I was like, yeah, send him. And he's like, that's your fish. And I was like, wow. Oh. Well-traveled like, fish. My like my like jaw dropped. I was like, I've never been at a fish counter where somebody was like, do you want to see your fish being caught? <laughs> so like the service there is wild. That's a, yeah, it's a homey touch. A friend yep. of mine actually got a Wagyu steak. I'm not going to tell you how much it was for her anniversary. And uh, but but it's prime prime meat and it's an, it's wonderful. We also have Carfanias and some mm. other wonderful stores. And Wylands note that it's not toilet paper. Wylands and Hills. Yeah. We are so lucky to have these wonderful stores, which you really couldn't call a grocery store. It's really a food store. Yeah, yeah I will say Littleton's also has um, home baked. It's literally home baked. It says so on the packaging. Home baked challah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like ten dollars for a haul. It was very expensive, but it was, was it- very, very good. As someone who grew up in New York as a Jewish person, I will tell you, it was impeccable. And it their was croissants, but Alexia, was good endorsement. Yeah, Alexia's, and they also have a pastry chef. I think. Yeah. Yeah. The the the, the folks who put Littleton's together uh, recruited very well and mostly out of Manhattan. I will say though, I still I I felt like the popper in the store though. I looking around <laughs> at some of the women and what they were wearing, I was like, oh. My goodness, <laughs> I am in a different socioeconomic <laughs> class here. But it was it was a really cool experience. Yeah. They definitely, especially their fish and meat counter. If you've never seen it, yeah. I mean, I've I've never bought sea urchin, but there they were. If you yeah. want to buy them, you're not going to find it at Kroger's. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I'd want to eat Kroger sea urchin. No offense. To <laughs> well, they also have things that nobody else has. Like it's very hard to find veal here. It's very hard to find domestic lamb here. And all of those things are... And some of the fish brands you know, you it's, can't find any yeah. else. And, yeah. and, and maybe you'll get to see them I'm willing caught. to pay a little extra to get the things. But if you go to other artisan butchers, I don't think they're out of the realm. Same, the price range no. is an artisan And that might be a great thing to do for Valentine's Day. Scope out one of these fat, fancy grocery stores, fancy butchers. Maybe get talked to... If you are adventurous, if you like to cook, get talked into a bonito or yeah. a lamb or something funky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, and you could you, know, you can dine there. They have a kind of uh, long table, long, long, and they have long tables. It's and always jammed. It's, it's oh in yeah, the when I went, area. it was packed. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about getting something to eat, but I was like, oh, I think every seat is taken. <laughs> we actually have out of uh, expat friends from Columbus who are coming into ta- who are in town, and they wanted to go someplace, and they wanted to go to Littleton's. Yeah, it's fun. Who knew? Yeah, and congratulations all- to those folks. 
Yeah. No, I was really impressed. Well, definitely, as soon as I went, I, t- I texted my husband, like, all these photos. I was trying to, like, discreetly <laughs> take pictures, and I'm like, you're going to want to see this. Because <laughs> he's the chef. Like, he's the cook. And I, like, texted him a photo of the meat counter, and he was like, holy word I can't say yeah. on <laughs> the radio. You know. Yeah. Did he buy a goose for him there? <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm a big duck fan, actually. They, yep. And I, they have. You know, I think duck is easier to cook than people might think. Yeah, you know, just you, you sear it. That's you, you don't overcook it. That's for sure. Yeah, and in season they had uh, foie gras, but that's one of the tricks for both uh, lamb and duck is not to overcook. Yeah, yeah it's duck is not like chicken. No. You don't want to cook it super well done. No, no, sear it on the skin side first and flip it over with a little bit. Yep. So we're getting, we're getting down to kind of the last couple of minutes. Any last couple of restaurant recommendations, particularly maybe some more hidden gems that might not have a full reservation list? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I, that's I think a, the Guildhouse would be one of them. A little place yeah, I think, called I think Plas. Plano's and Aquaria, the place yep. next door to it would be. Oh, Alcaria. Alcaria. It's the two guys that used to cook at Barcelona, which would be another. It's a big restaurant. It's another good choice. And oh, Barcelona. Barcelona's beautiful. Yeah, and it's, it's maybe a little bit under the note. radar because it's they're sort of they're under. alumni uh, of Barcelona, and it's it's sort of a Spanish theme restaurant, but but not so much. And another alumni of Barcelona is the executive chef at uh, Lupo in Upper Arlington. Which is a, the definitely South, more Spanish. The South Village Grill might be another place that folks yep. haven't heard of. And it's uh, wonderful food. You need a reservation. But uh, but they might not be full. Who knows? Yep. yep. I thought about Suburban. It's spelled S-U-B-O-U-R. Suburban. In its Southern Cooking and Ooh. Bourbon in Linworth. Where is not this? Linworth. It's closer to you. Right down the it street from It sounds like it would be right Asteria. up my alley. Yeah. Yep. Do they, they do, like, traditional, like, Southern Comfort-style food? Mm-hmm. Like, can you get chicken and waffles there? Uh, you probably can. <laughs> What's the place on Lane Avenue that does chicken and waffles? Um, Blanking. Right across from Lane Avenue Shopping Center, sounds like. Oh, the, uh, yeah, the Southern <laughs> Tupelo Honey. Tupelo Honey. No wonder we couldn't remember. Ooh. You got to think of. You gotta think My of. mother's from Georgia. My dad's from New York. It's a weird mixed marriage, but, yeah. So Shrimp I grew up grits. with, like, challah and chicken and waffles, so <laughs> know what to make of that. One of my favorite dishes around this time, because we're getting close to, to Lent, uh, is shrimp and grits. Mm. Yep. And made a killer shrimp and grits last night. It took a while. And I actually had somebody who we were talking to wanted me to make shrimp etouffee, which starts, I'm proud to say, with a tire stick of butter. So <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah, there was an entire stick of butter in this <laughs> shrimp and grits. All the best recipes start with a stick of butter. Yeah. But that was Rich Terrapack Sr., a cooking teacher, WOSU restaurant reviewer, and food blogger. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anna. And thanks to Steve Stover, who is also a cooking teacher, blogger, and restaurant reviewer. Thank you. Thanks, Anna. And that'll do it for this hour of All Sides Weekends, Chefs in the City.